everybody. Welcome to Crag Gals, the show where we are gals talking about crags. My name is Carolyn DeRosa. I'm a third year film major here at Penn State University, and I'm currently studying film production with a minor in music technology and English. <laughs> and here we had a, a stroke. I'm joined by my co-host Macy in our one in our one mic studio again. <laughs> How are you, Macy? I'm good. I'm close. <laughs> um, yeah, my name's Macy. I'm a second year student um, here at Penn State and my major is agriculture business management with a minor in international agriculture and horticulture. Woo! A lot of cultures. A lot of cultures. <laughs> um, Macy, what's our spontaneous fun fact for today? Our fun fact for today is the craziest travel experience you have ever had, which, Carolyn, I would love to hear yours first. <laughs> Please. <laughs> she always doesn't want to hear it. Before we walked in to record this, I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to show you out like this, but here I am. Um, so I'm half Venezuelan, as I've as I've said multiple times in this con- on this podcast. Um, and I've actually been visited Venezuela twice before the current dictatorship. So I visited Venezuela in 2006 and in 2012, I think. I can't remember the exact years, but it was somewhere around that time. I don't speak any Spanish, but my mother does. And it was before the dictatorship. Like We were like, we might as well just go, just to go visit. So I was there. Each time I was there, I was there for about a month um and some change maybe but um so yeah i couldn't really understand um 90 percent of what people were saying to me but when i got there um in 2012 um i was probably about 10 or 11 years old no i was 10 years old and um my family lives a few blocks away from the airport so if you went to the roof you could see like planes flying overhead like like in the in the free willy scene Mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about oh yeah yeah and then um Two quick stories from this from this trip. Uh, one, um, I got my period halfway through, and I just did not was not having a good time. And because Venezuela has like no economy and no mm. like supply structure, um, we went around Venezuela for like two hours trying to figure out. Um, and Katia Lamar, uh, we tried to find pads for like two hours, and we probably went to like four different grocery stores and stood in lines and. It's a horrible experience. That sounds insane. Like, it is. I can't imagine not having products. Like it sounds terrible. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when we got to the airport, we flew from JFK, I think, to Florida to Miami, and then we flew from Miami to Katia Lamar, right? And at, as we get off the airport at Cathedral Lamar, like all these people are trying to like scam you into like wrapping like your suitcase or like, oh no, let me carry your suitcase. So we were like, no, 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 we're not doing this. We know, we know what we're doing. But as we were going out, like we got obviously stopped by customs and you know, such, you know, why are you here? You know, so yada, yada, yada. And as we were meeting my family outside, like we could kind of notice some, some like police like following us and we were like, everybody in the car <laughs> it was this tiny little clown like not even like a clown car but it was like I think like a volkswagen beetle i don't even remember oh what gosh. type of car but it was like that size and like 10 of my family members came wow. i remember us shoving the suitcases into the back <laughs> and we just kind of like i sat i remember distinctly sitting on someone's lap i think i sat on my mom's lap and her aunt was like her aunt, like my aunt's legs, like I was like having my legs like across like her lap, yeah. and my cousin was next to me on my other aunt's lap, oh my and we had like two people in the front, and we just zoomed, so got out of there. Oh yeah, just fucking zoom, you know. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Like, it's weird living mm-hmm. in America, never having that outside experience. Oh yeah, and people, ex- yeah. you know, people around the world experience experience that daily. And oh, it's, it's like, worse now. Yeah, and it's worse now. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. 
Very crazy. Yeah. But also we laugh. <laughs> <laughs> What's your story, Macy? So mine does not really compare. Um, <laughs> mine's like a fun little, like, not so serious uh, <laughs> uh, little family trip. But uh, every winter, um, obviously not over, like, COVID. So this week, this past winter was like our first trip back doing this but okay. i've been doing this trip for like a long time um mm-hmm. before and so we do a winter trip um up north up to usually vermont we've done new hampshire before as well as like new york we've done maine but like in the summertime mm-hmm. so it's usually vermont we are driving up there and of course like halfway through or a little over my brother decides that he wants to start driving so my mom's like, okay, like that's fine. Um, he he wasn't too far into like having his license, mm-hmm. um, and my mom's like in the passenger seat. It's her car, her car, not his car, her car. <laughs> so she's like that pa- paranoid already. <laughs> then, then it just starts like blizzarding, like you could not imagine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like so. I'm, like, making fun of him. My mom's, like, not having a good time. My brother's laughing. Like, we're all screaming, like, in the car. (laughs) We're on this back road, janky-ass Vermont street that we don't know what, like, we don't know where we are. Uh I'm, I'm playing it up a little bit. But it's fun. So, and there's, like, this truck that's, like, in front of us. You can, like, hardly see, like... A couple feet in front of you like Mm -hmm. that's how crazy the visibility was Mm -hmm. and so I mean we eventually got to where we needed to be and the storm let up but it was like I had never been in severe weather like that especially in a situation like that (laughs) where my like 17 year old brother's driving me and my mom in her like car like Oh my god! It was just yeah. It was both funny and terrifying. So. Oh yeah, I imagined. <laughs> that is not. I I've had my fair share of snow driving in snowstorms. This shit is never fun. No. <laughs> the Grove family trip. The Grove family trip gone wild, guys. <laughs> I love that. All right. On to our climbing news now. We found this really cool article yesterday. So it says, quote, um, Spanish company launches world's first 3D printed climbing shoes. Um, this story is by uh, Delaney Miller on climbing.com. So uh, with the help of digital scans, Athos, or as Macy says, Athos, <laughs> is creating shoes that won't downsize. Um, so basically, it's it's a master's project um, for the uh, Elizava School of Design and Engineering. Um, four students, Emil S. Tijes, Tijes, um, Romania Mielsi, mm-hmm. uh, Carla Barrientos, and Mar Amangual um, have all dabbled in climbing, but their idea to create 3D printed, printed shoes um, came to a head when the group took a look at a more experienced friend's feet and saw the effects of wearing climbing shoes for year years weren't pretty, um, says the article. So basically, these students from um, from basically uh, a, a small engineering school in in Barcelona were like, 
you know, they, they'd climbed a little bit and all of a sudden they come up with this idea to come up with come up with the 3D climbing shoe as like their climbing shoe company as their as their master's project. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like Macy, what is your you kind of been climbing a little bit more than I have and you wear severely aggressive shoes, <laughs> way more aggressive shoes. And I'll no, I've actually worn really aggressive shoes like uh-huh. the other day. And that was mm-hmm. the most painful experience of my life. Yeah. <laughs> what is your experience in like, like, I guess like, like some foot health or kind of like what's your experience with like wearing like shoes that are pretty downsized yeah. and, and aggressive yeah i will say that like when i wore less aggressive shoes i did experience more comfortability mm-hmm. um <laughs> um the shape and the edge of the shoe were not always the best mm-hmm. but it almost made up for it in the fact that they were so comfortable and it was still like a nice climbing shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved to more aggressive shoes, um, I noticed that the shape of my foot was very enhanced, obviously, um, which feels nice, but you need a break from it. Mm-hmm. You cannot be wearing that for like two hours straight. So mm-hmm. I often just like pop off the heels of my shoes every, you know, now and then throughout the practice. And then also with like the point of the shoe, I n- noticed that like towing around is a lot easier and nicer but it hurts (laughs) it it, my my toes are like uh, you know very compact at the top of the shoe and um often when I'm towing it's like the shoe comes to a point so it's like Mm -hmm. you know your big toes kind of like crunched yeah in there and so it's just a matter of comfortability but also like you you do like actually need to take breaks from that kind of shoe because it just doesn't feel as nice as the other one. And it can be, it's kind of concerning because it's it's like, doesn't a, shouldn't a climbing shoe be something that you can like comfortably be in all the time? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess it's like either have it be comfortable and a little less. A little less effective. A little less effective or have it like the most efficiency, but less comfort. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, same here. Like. I actually borrowed a friend's shoes, not borrowed, but like wore a pair, like a friend's pair of shoes the other day. They were the women's uh, low volume shamans, the Evolve shamans. They're like purple and uh, like a dark purple. It was so painful. And I was like, nah, never. Um, So basically this group, um, basically they started asking problems or started asking questions about um, how exactly, how problematic downsizing shoes are um and the article says that they found a study published in 2013 um in the world journal of orthopedics um stating that 80 to 90 percent of climbers reported pain while wearing climbing shoes and um the paper also discussed how um lots of injuries and just general foot nastiness can happen um as a as a consequence of those um deformed not deformed shoes but um, aggressive and painful shoes, um, uh, whisking, whisting, uh, nail bed infections, overstrained injuries, and quote the development of hallux uh, valgus deformity, which is bunions. So like when your mm-hmm. bunions stick out, um, and they really didn't, you know, they like climbing, but they didn't want, you know, they don't want their feet to be hurting. So they tra- started experimenting with um, Athos to kind of make a better shoe using three uh, D models of people's feet. 
Um, so Athos uses vegan materials, um, thermoplastic, polyethylene, or TPU, polyester, and vibram rubber. All these are vegan. Um, and according to um, Amangua, one of the um, students on the uh, team right now, it doesn't stretch either, which I think is super cool because mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they get these super aggressive shoes, end up wasting money because they stretch. And then you have to somehow figure out how to how to give it to someone else or do you want to give it away for free? You know, all that, all that things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Macy, what do you or, think? Or like people will buy them smaller mm-hmm. and then wear them and they'll stretch out and then they'll buy a new pair. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like this cycle. And, and you're just like hurting your feet foot all over again every every single time you buy a new pair of shoes Mm -hmm. yeah so i love this idea and the fact that you can just buy your size and it will always be your size Mm -hmm. like this is like premier technology yeah (laughs) like (laughs) it's it's really cool um athos right now is only operating locally um but they began um taking digital scans of the customer's feet um, which meant that, you know, th- there would have to be no downsizing because it's a literal copy, like, of your foot. Um, and according to Athos's 3D printing process, it apparently reduces the standard manufacturing procedures um, by 70%, according to the article, which I can imagine is really good, not only economically because you're spending way less time on labor, like, from a business perspective, but also when we're good... Um, not ecological, yeah, ecologically, like, mm-hmm. you know, like environmentally, like you don't have to waste as much resources that you would usually use like in the rubber making process mm-hmm. um, for shoes. And this can actually, it's also biodegradable too, I think that the article said. Mm-hmm. The TPU, which is the, oh my gosh, the rubber, um, I think, um, it varies in thickness across the shoe to create tension where traditional shoes might have slingshot rands. And I'm assuming that's because of the 3D printing. So the article claims that um, the shoes are pretty soft. Um, they only have a slight downturn and they look ideal for beginner-level climbers. So, like, I'm looking at a picture right now of the shoe, and it kind of looks like the the La Sportiva tarantulas, mm. like, mixed with the with the Scarpe Veloces, mm-hmm. with the Scarpe Veloces. Like, they got, like, the really thick soles. They have that slight down tune, but they have, like, that bendability in the arch yeah. that makes it kind of more of, like, the Veloce. Um, they do look very flexible. Yeah. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um... Ultimately, though, um, this is still just a startup. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens. Um, and even the people at Climbing.com so that they hope to test a pair um, when the day arrives. Um, but Atlas is still in beta phase um, in Barcelona. So any, I, I don't know, I don't think we have any listeners in Barcelona. But if you're a listener in Barcelona, uh, go get your 3D printed climbing shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to read this last little quote um, from Amanguau. Um, at the end of the article in climbing.com. So it says, quote, Athos aims to change the way climbers think about their feet. Um, and then Amangual says, uh, quote, every foot is unique. Our purpose is to give every climber the perfect climbing shoe so they can enjoy the climbing experience a little bit more, end quote. And I think that's a really positive uh, business standpoint from from where they're coming at. So I really hope these shoes become successful. I think it can be a great change to the game in terms of not only sustainability um but also affordability and um just general um having better foot health i don't know what do you think macy yeah i think well number one i think this is like such great marketing Mm -hmm. like yeah like (laughs) climbers eat this up (laughs) like the whole um just the fact that it's vegan it's biodegradable all the things you just said i mean i personally love that about it like mm-hmm. i that would be a reason for me to buy it as well yeah. um and yeah i really hope to see them like in the market um before too long 
and I I don't know if we mentioned, but like they just look cool too. Yeah. Like they they I don't know if you guys have seen photos yet of these, um, but they have like breathable air holes in the sides. It looks like. Um, I'm not sure what colors it comes in, but we're seeing like a gray and black pair here. And yeah, they have a cool little video on the website, um, kind of explaining the technology behind it. And you get to see some of the graphics that I guess they're looking at while they're designing. Um, so if you want to check that out, I guess that will be in our notes for this podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I recommend checking that out, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited for this. They look really cool. Like, they do. Like, um... I don't know how many of the new Gen Z people get like the new casts, but like you ever see the new casts where it's not like the like the 3D printed cast now where it's like the breathable holes. I've not seen that. You've never seen those? No. Hold on, pause the podcast. <laughs> um yeah, these guys. These oh, little things. The yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. So these are kind of like the new uh 3D cast models that a lot of doctors are looking at right now because they're so breathable and one of the main problems with moder- with old casts is that they're um, like, if you get them wet or if you have, like, too much moisture, like, it can actually cause and lead to infection. Yeah, that's one of the biggest concerns. So they have stuff like this where it looks super breathable. And if we look at the video, um, look at that. It looks exactly like a cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. Wow. I I really hope. I want to talk to these guys. I, <laughs> I want to be like, hi, we're from Crag House. <laughs> can you sponsor us? Can you Not- be in our podcast? Can you be in our podcast? It's, it looks so cool. Yes. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our climbing news. No accident this week. Like I said, it's the beginning of the year, so we're still kind of out there looking. Um, but hopefully we'll get a a weekly accident pretty soon. Mm -hmm. On to the energy drink of our podcast because what what climber is not sponsored by energy drinks these days true i feel like is red bull most of the market or is it monster what what is your favorite energy drink macy don't really drink a lot of energy drinks actually i've only no? tried no i've only tried <laughs> they're bad for your heart i'm not saying no <laughs> <laughs> I, i've only tried a red bull once okay. i've never had a monster I've had a Celsius quite a few, like a few times, oh, which, really? but I mean, they're getting sued. So oh, did, really? did you hear about that? No. Oh yeah. Celsius is like, get, I apparently, this is what I've heard, like not saying this is true, but apparently <laughs> Celsius is getting sued because there's like some sort of bad stuff in their drinks mm. that like over time, if you drink too much of it, like can cause serious adverse health effects, mm. which like, I mean, so can a lot of energy drinks, mm-hmm. but I guess they're seeing it more quickly yeah. with this one. But anyways, so don't drink too much celsius but yeah <laughs> that's about all i've had honestly i remember the first time i ever had an energy drink i was on i was in ski club in elementary and middle school i think this was an elementary school um i had i had a um a monster energy drink and i drank it right before i got on the ski lift i was shaking yep shake vibrating not yep. even shake like yep. but just vibrating right um so i was like never f- again mm-hmm. um my preferred energy drink is red bull i've tried bang that shit made me vibrate too Ugh. i've had celsius but it's it's okay i don't really like it I, I i'm a red bull gal you know so yeah we're gonna be talking about our favorite female climbing celebrities um so yeah we each kind of pick two um uh, female climbers that we both really look up to and just enjoy 
Um, and right now I have Macy. Macy, you have who's your who's your favorite climbers? So I'm gonna start by talking about Miho. Uh, I don't want to say her last name wrong. Is it Nanaka? Nanaka. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Miho Nanaka. She. Um, I have two other ones listed. Um, which I think for my last one I'm gonna talk about a female climber who's a little less known mm-hmm. um but I really look up to her. So anyways, um Miho Nanaka is um she was in the Olympics. Um that is how I kind of found her. Mm-hmm. But anyways, she started climbing when she was about 9 years old. Her father was a mountain climber and her sister was also into climbing in the gym. Um and that's how she got involved in kind of that like sisterly competition is what got her like really um into that scene um she grew up in tokyo japan and she has been was and has been a very successful young athlete um she's still only 25 she was born in 1997 so um yeah um still relatable which is nice um i love that about um younger women climbing I feel like I can sort of like see myself in them or something like that (laughs) but um first bouldering world cup was when she was 17 um she got silver at world championships in 2016 and gold at um Asian the Asian championships in 2015 so her experience goes all the way back to 2015 which is really quite impressive and more recently in 2019 she won three japan cups including the bouldering japan cup speed japan cup and combined japan cup which is awesome um and of course she's sponsored by adidas 510 red bull beats the list actually does go on it's i was to say i'm sorry to interrupt but I, i think she's also sponsored by a makeup company now too I think you're right. Yeah. Like, I don't know which one it is. I don't know either. I think it's a Japanese makeup company. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember I seeing like an ad. Oh, and Pepsi too. Oh, really? I think she's sponsored by Pepsi. I could have sworn yeah. I saw her drinking some shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. But I know definitely she is sponsored by a makeup company. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, it's just really cool. I, I also like the thing with Miho too is that like she's able to like extend her brand beyond climbing. Yeah. Like into like obviously like she has the traditional like sports po- sponsors. She has the Red Bull. She has the Adidas. You know. Mm-hmm. She has the Beats. I guess even Beats too is kind of new. But yeah. um, especially with like that makeup, mm-hmm. um, with the makeup brand, like it's something that you wouldn't traditionally see in kind of like even like a normal athlete. You know, normal athletes are usually sponsored by. Like I said before, the Nike, the Adidas, the Red Bull, what gives you wings, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's really cool seeing like the amount of uh, reach that she has um, because of her kind of social media presence and, you know, her just general, her her really awesome success in the climbing world these days. Uh, yeah, I think she's super cool, too. Like, <laughs> I, I know that just sounds like, oh, I like her because she's cool. But like, I think she's genuinely just like a super cool person. Mm-hmm. She like always has a fun hair color she just recently dyed her hair red and it looks sick yeah so yeah it's it's on her instagram it looks so cool um and just like see somebody that's like young and having fun and doing what i like to do Mm -hmm. is like so cool Mm -hmm. and um yeah i love to see what she does um she's also just super strong she's a little short on the shorter side she's five four and so it's like cool to see somebody like doing that well and not this like super lanky like lean person Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like really having that like climber stereotype so yeah I just really look up to her I think she's she's awesome 
Yeah, dude, she's built. Mm-hmm. She's built. She's jacked. So built. It, like, she, she brings out, like, not only her feminine side, but she kind of does sometimes have, like, a masculine side where she has, like, streetwear that she posts on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then just think that's so cool. And, yeah, she has a lot of sick pictures like this where she's, like, flying off the wall. Mm-hmm. Or she's, I mean, so do a lot of Olympic climbers. But <laughs> I don't know. Something about it is, like, gives me so much inspiration. Mm-hmm. So Definitely makes super jacked. I like the fact, too, that, like, Oftentimes we talk in this podcast about, you know, mental illness and like a lot of like the the kind of weight culture in climbing. I don't want to get too into it just because of that like disclaimer, but it's definitely nice to see someone who like has a lot of muscle and like uses it so efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um he's really pretty. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very attractive to me on No, she's so she's, she's like gorgeous. She's so gorgeous. She like, is. Um and she also wears makeup too during her competitions, yeah. which I find insane mm-hmm. because any I'm if you ever met me in real life I'm a like perfect definition of a tomboy <laughs> like I, if you see me wearing mascara it's like it's like who died like what funeral are you going to you know um but it she definitely like rocks the makeup never never has anything wrong always on point yep. looking good looking stylish as she competes mm-hmm. um and she does it super well too she she do, always does super well and I love seeing her performance um, and analyzations every time she performs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to do yours next? Sure, I'll do mine. Or one, my first climber that I'll be talking about is a Polish speed climber who I've talked about a bit on this podcast before, uh, named Alexandra Miroslav, or otherwise known as Ola Miroslav, and also known as Alexandra Rujinska. Um, that's her maiden name, but now she's married. Um, but yeah, she's um, the probably the most famous Polish speed climber. And I love her. She's really good. She's really cool. So um, she was born in the early 90s. I think she was born in 94 in Lublin, Poland, um, which is kind of like uh, southeast. I thought it was southwest the last time I thought. No, it's southeast. Um, Southeast Poland, um, kind of near the Ukrainian border, um, but not too far, not too close to it. Um, She started out swimming at the age of seven, but she switched to speed climbing after being influenced by her older sister, um, Manu Gorjada. And she trained for two years after she started speed climbing um, and became the junior world champion. Um, She was also the junior world champion in 2011 and 2013. Uh, she had a silver medal, silver medal in the 2013 European Championships, bronze in 2014, multiple letter let medals from um, individual IFSC World Championships, and she actually came in fourth place at the 2020 Olympics. Um, and she was also the only woman competing in climbing for the 2020 Olympics. Um, she's sponsored by a few different companies. Um, she's sponsored by Orlen, um, which is apparently an energy company, I think, in Poland very interesting yeah um she they're not i think they are like her main sponsor but she does like a lot of like promotion stuff with them and she's like next to like cars and like you know talking talking about like energy and stuff so i think it's really cool that they kind of looked at this athlete who's a speed athlete and they're like well we're energy you know you think energy is supposed to be fast you know i i almost didn't even make that connection yeah well i don't know (laughs) you know that's yeah that's that's really good i like that it seems very like progressive Mm -hmm. i like that yeah it definitely like they i think i didn't i can't understand the world (laughs) my google translate was not working so i was just kind of looking at the pictures because it's all in polish but um yeah it was definitely really cool to see them kind of focusing a little bit more on green energy and just sustainable energy as well 
Um, so, and she's also sponsored by Mamet and some other Polish companies. Um, but overall, she just seems like a really, one of the reasons why I like her is she just seems like a really simple, humble, and hardworking person. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider her the goat of speed climbing, which is like the greatest of all time. Um, she, like, I, I kind of have like a couple videos up of her training facility, but it's just this really tiny, small, small space. Um, so yeah, this is where she trains and it's kind of like a little gym with like some ladders and like behind uh, a little this little trailer is like the the only like speed route with like some minor, you know, climbing walls and stuff. She just seems like a hard worker. Like every every day she posts stuff on Instagram like of her working out in the gym um, either way with her now husband or with her dog and just always is working, always like never is satisfied with her performance um, and always just wants to be the best the best version of herself that she can be, um, which I find really admirable. And I think, you know, <laughs> I look at some of her like training montages and I might like, compare them to, like to my routine and I'm like, shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, what am I doing with my life? So, yeah, I just find that really like I always admire athletes that come from super simple beginnings. Um, and it looks like hers is also a really simple beginning. Oh, and she also does a lot of uh, events, especially uh, targeting kids that promote fitness, health, and encourage sports. Oh, wow. um, yeah, and she does them like at least at least once a month. I see one on her Instagram of like just her like hanging out with the kids, playing soccer, you know, you know, hanging out, playing tag, you know, just having fun. And um, I also saw that um, a lot of these events um, did also benefit uh, children affected by the uh, Russo-Ukrainian War. Um, I couldn't find the exact post to link in our show notes, but I, I have seen them. They're on her story. It's just really hard to find. Um, but yeah, other than that, though, like I just really like her her attitude. She seems very humble and just someone who um, who also comes from kind of like, you know, I don't know, simple, simple beginnings. You know, it really it, I, I can definitely like kind of see myself kind of like in her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really cool to see um, just this one this one woman doing a very, very niche sport and getting so, so popular and getting sponsored by so many people and then helping others because of that. I find that really admirable. Yeah, I um, I, I love the fact that her gym, when you pulled it up, it was like really nothing grand. Like it, it was very very much a simple gym she's doing some um like speed exercises just just with a ball Mm -hmm. in this video um which honestly didn't really cross my mind but is a very i could see that being a very useful trick for when you're speed climbing on the wall Mm -hmm. um because you need to think fast um a lot of times but anyways i i think it's great that she um just uses the resources that she had to get to the top really and um and I, I love the fact that she does the thing for the kids, too, because mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like not only influencing them by trying to get them to stay healthy, first of all, mm-hmm. which is very important, especially these days. Mm-hmm. And second of all, um, kind of like looking for the next generation of climbers, which is yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love that. Slay. <laughs> all right. Who's your next athlete? Um, good morning. It's 8.29 a.m. Um, we got kicked out. <laughs> so we had to scramble together to quickly record the podcast. Um, I, I got a candy bar. I got a coffee. It's, it's called Candy Bar from Snapchill Coffee. We're going to give it a shot real quick. <laughs> Correct that bitch. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at the noise it made on the, on the TV. Oh, my God. 
god. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. Is it good? Yeah. I personally like my coffee like really sweet. Yeah. And this is like like in the middle. Like it's bitter. But okay. it's like not like I'm gonna kill myself though. Like it's not like black coffee, you know what okay, I'm saying? Yeah, do you yeah. wanna try some? Sure. Here you go. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cringe so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually really like this. Yes, it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you like your coffee usually like a little bit more bitter? I I can do either. I yeah. I just I actually love coffee. Like yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't usually drink. I usually do drink sweeter coffee. Like I usually yeah. get like caramel coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is so. I bet you, Caitlin's brother owns the the candy bar coffee, uh... and they get it processed through Snapchill. Yeah, so they. See, I see. This makes so so much sense because one of the biggest things with coffee is that you can't really store it for too long, or otherwise the like the oils and like all of the aromas go bad. Mm-hmm. My best friend's like a coffee maniac. Like, this is the reason why I know this shit. <laughs> That's so cool. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get going. Um, so the next person I wanted to talk about, her name is Thea Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, she is kind of like an up and coming climber um which is cool to see she's around my age she's 20 uh she is actually the first advanced like climber girl that i followed on instagram so that's that's why i put her on here um just because like she was really the first person that i saw doing something that i loved at an advanced level yeah and i was like wow like that that's amazing um she's super strong um very clearly strong um with with that said, though, there's not um, a lot about her online. Um, so, I mean, the best I could do is the hardest grade she's climbed is an 8A+, which is about equivalent to a V10. Um, and then also she, uh, like I said, could be a next-generation Olympian, um, so we could be seeing her in possibly Paris 2024, which would be amazing. I'd be definitely one of her biggest supporters. But, yeah, I just loved seeing someone my age to look at doing something that I loved and she's really cool she wears like these pants like she has like these pants that she always wears climbing um and when I looked her up there was like this reddit feed and it was like what like what pants does she wear like (laughs) wait where is it (laughs) is that it yeah that's it climber girls I love this subreddit (laughs) okay (laughs) so yeah so they're like Theo Wolf climbing pants Unfortunately, the original question, I guess, is or like whatever this says is gone. The black ones that she wears are Carhartt. She's also wearing E9 in some of her picks, which I don't know what E9 are. Um, E9 is actually a fashion brand. Um, they originally, I think they started out just making clothes and then they tried out a lot of like climbing wear like in the early 90s. And now they've kind of faded out. Let me just double check that. It looks like they still do some stuff. Oh, wow. But like if you ever see like like my boss, like Mike, walk around Nine times out of ten, the man is wearing E9 pants. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, it was creative climbing wear. So, like, think, like, think, like, you know how, like, organic kind of makes stuff that's more for, like, individual rock climbers, like, for individuality and, like, for creativity? Mm-hmm. E9 is kind of, like, the organic, um, but for clothes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. That's really cool. Um, I love that. So, yeah, kind of, she always sports E9. <gasps> She'll DM you back? 
Is she a nice, a nice person? I might get back to you on that. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna DM, DM her. her. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm gonna be like, hey, I love you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so cool. Maybe I will DM her sometime and just be like, hey, like you're the first person I followed. Thanks for doing amazing. But yeah, I really hope to see her in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. That would be really cool. Yeah, but yeah, if anybody hasn't heard of her, go follow her on Instagram. It's Thea Wolf. Yeah. And if you see like some of her climbing videos, um, you can really tell how strong she is. And um, some like when she does a lot of dynamic movements, mm-hmm. she, she's very good at dynamic movements. A, a woman who's good at dynamic. Girl. <laughs> but yeah. Also follow her Instagram. Follow her Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my last girl. Sweet. <laughs> All right, I am going to talk about the one and only, the absolute fucking unit born in the USA. <laughs> um, Brooke Rabatou, um, the absolute fucking unit amongst female climbers. Um, Brooke was born on April 9th, 2001 in Boulder, Colorado, a couple months before I was actually. She is daughter to two professional climbers. So she's uh, the daughter of Robin Ebersfield Rabatou um, and uh, Didia Rabatou. Um, so Didia's French. Um, I don't know too much about him. I know that he's won a couple world championships. And same has her mother, Brooke. Um, or not Brooke, uh, Robin. Uh, Robin has also won a couple world championships. And I actually, there's a little uh, documentary that I linked um, to uh, the show notes where it kind of shows like her mom kind of like showing her off and kind of tells a little bit the story of, of Robin. Um, so Robin kind of got into climbing in like the really early 90s, like in college. And her friends took her out. I think they took her outside and they put her on like a little five nine route. And she was like the only girl able to do it. And they're like, holy shit. <laughs> you're fucking insane now nowadays like we get on five nine and that's like our war yeah <laughs> you know so uh she just started climbing and just really really got good at it and both of her brother both her and her brother sean rabbitu have a gymnastics background mm-hmm. um so they started doing uh, gymnastics at a really early age um and that ended up allowing them to be so good at climbing so yeah brooke began climbing at the age the stunning age of one years old. She climbed, Brooke climbed a V10 at the age of nine, V11 at the age of 10. She's the youngest female to climb 513B at the age of nine, the youngest female to climb 513D at 10, and the youngest female to climb 514 at 11 years old. <laughs> She's the first United States climber to ever qualify for the Olympic Games, and she ended up finishing in fifth. The, the main reasons why I like her, I mean, obviously, like, if you are if you live in the United States and if you watch climbing, you've probably seen Brooke Rabbit too at some point. Um, whether it be in her coverage of the Olympics or in any of the IFSC World Cups that she's won. Um, she's been doing really well in the individual circuits at the IFSC. Every time she's there, like, I don't know why, but like the statistics usually say that she makes it to finals like 50-50. That's a lie. Because <laughs> every time I see her, she's she's in finals. Now, I know she's competing forever, but I mean, like every time like she put always puts on a show at finals and she's becoming really popular. Um, but the main reasons why I like her is, number one, she's an absolute unit. Um, I think it's so cool that you can, like, a, like a, a young woman can climb 514 at 11 years old. I can I can barely flash a 510. <laughs> you know, that's where I'm going, and I'm 21 years old. And I see some of the kids, like, you know, at Climb Nittany, and they're, 
they're flash not flashing but like they're they're starting to project like their 513s their five you know mm-hmm. they're starting to go outside and look at the 512s on trad or whatever and it's super cool to um she has an approach that focuses on competition um because that's her whole career but she sees a need for life outside of climbing um i've seen multiple times on her instagram where she's just either hanging out with friends or she's going to like take pictures like with their friends or um there was one like a couple months ago where it was like her and it looked like some friends or they could be family who knows um but it was just her and some people like outdoor climbing by yosemite valley and just hanging out and being like a normal 20 year old. And I think that's so healthy and it's very important um, for people to see or it's very important for both young and, you know, grown women like us to see. Because like young women, like you can, you know, young women probably see Brooke and like she's an excellent climber who obviously values excellence. Right. She's training. She literally takes off semesters to train mm-hmm. for like the season. And that's why. um she started college, I think, in 2013, no, not 2013, excuse me, 2018 at UC San Diego, and she just graduated, like, two weeks oh, ago. Wow. Yeah. So, took her a bit, but, like, she takes off time to climb, and to a lot of us, that's not really accessible. Mm-hmm. However, like, you know, she does take that time to still get her education, to have fun, you know, to be a normal 20-year-old. And I think that's super important, not only for young people who are entering college to see, um, but also important for people like us who, like, get on some days, you know, like, we have really bad training days or on some days, like, we just want to, like, quit, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and to kind of, like, see, like, a very popular climber just kind of, like, take a chill pill, you know, not really, not not prioritize the career. Obviously, that's not what she's doing, but kind of like just like take a little step back, you know, and reconnect with that slice of life. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's so important to see. And she just seems like a good role model, too. Um, she always has a smile on her face. Um, she trains very seriously, but always has a great attitude. Um, even in times where it seems stressful or even in times where it's like she doesn't send bouldering like like bouldering problems she'll always like give a little wave to the crowd and smile you know and I think um, a lot of us have kind of seen like those climbers that get very frustrated and Mm -hmm. you know I've also been there too where I'm just like blasting my music in my ears and my climbing's not going well and I'm like nobody talk to me (laughs) you know but Brooke always does it with a smile and I think that's that's um that's really good you know I think that's 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 an awesome attitude to have yeah. in the sport yeah. so yeah what do you think what do you think macy i i love her i think she's amazing i think there's also something to be said about like people who grew up with parents who are in like very mm-hmm. you know what i mean like very yeah. integrated into not only the climbing world but also the um like the competition world growing up around it like that is awesome i think for People who are going to go into competition, uh, like like in the Olympics, mm-hmm. like what Brooke did. So, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead with what your <laughs> what your thought is. Yeah, so I brought up a um a a article real quick from Climbing House. Um, apparently they it looks like they either did an interview or they maybe they may be taking some quotes from other interviews that Brooke has done. Um, but this is just kind of like to kind of also say what what um. To kind of piggyback what what Macy was saying too, like Brooke has obviously grown up with world class climbers. Her brother climbs V seventeen on the regular, but you know it must. I can also imagine it must be really difficult to kind of like grow up in that in that space where it, you have the potential to burn out. Like your parents are climbers. Your Sean, your brother is one of the best climbers in the world. You're one of the best climbers in the world. Your dad is from France, a climber from France. That's a whole nother unit in themselves, right? And 
you know, this this article kind of mentions about like her education and um, how she took off um, semester for her training. And I just kind of want to read um, this little paragraph, not even a paragraph, but from the um, article. This is Brooke talking, um, kind of like talking about how um, she kind of feared missing out um, for, you know, having to either take off from. Oh, yeah. Having to take off from school to go train. So she says, quote, I have a really good friend group of I have a really good group of friends and leaving them to take time off the train was really hard for me. I feared missing out. Seeing everybody together and not being there was really hard. End quote. Um, that's something that I personally relate to, especially with, you know, Emma being right right now in Ireland. I imagine she's probably feeling the same way. Um, and even like when like especially we're both you you graduated high school high school during the pandemic right no a little bit after the pandemic like just i mean in you, my graduation year was 21 yeah yeah so you graduated the same year as like my best friend so like yeah you at least for me like it was like suddenly like on, on march 12th saw all my friends for, like the last time mm-hmm. and then disappeared. disappeared yeah so it was kind of I, I relate to that a lot and i think that's super reasonable for any 20 year old who has to leave their friends for any reason you know would yeah. feel um, and the article quote goes on to say, uh, quote, unlike many, many prodigies who burn out, Brooke Rabatou sees a need for life outside of climbing through her competitive drive, though her competitive drive can make it hard. And she says, uh, quote, taking a break is really a part of that cycle and important for the, for the longevity of my career. But it is hard to mentally do that, even if you know it is the right thing. End quote. And I think that's also a really good, important thing for in any in any area of life. Right. Like. You need a break from things, you know. I love filmmaking. I'm getting so much satisfaction out of it now that I'm actually finally doing it a lot more. But, dude, it takes a lot of work, and you need a break, you know? Yeah. Uh, Same with climbing, you know. There's reasons why we have the summer. Mm -hmm. You know, there's reasons why, you know, a lot of the IFSC championships are not in the fall and winter because people need a break. You know how much, you know, stress you put on your body and your mind when you're going through these things? So it's important. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's great because she is, how old is she? She's young. 21. So I'm glad because it is easy to get caught up in that world. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you you could devote all your time to that. Mm-hmm. But it's great that she's young and she's still doing the things that a young person should do. Mm-hmm. But she's still exercising what sh- she loves. Yeah. So I think that's great. Okay. Rock on. <laughs> rock on, Brooke. Beautiful. Yeah. Dude on rock. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, overall, I think that's it for today. Anything else you want to say, Macy? Um, just that these women are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> these women are amazing. Um, so, yeah. Go check them out. We're going to have a lot of stuff in the show notes today. Just if you guys are curious um, on what exactly um, we talked about and kind of like the sources that we got a lot of this information from. And just, you know, if you're interested, please look at the show notes. Um, they'll always be in the description down below. But otherwise, um, that's our episode for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Obviously, I'm Carolyn. This is Macy. Um, we talked about our spontaneous fun fact, um, our craziest travel experiences we've ever had. Um, our climbing news this week was the world's first 3D printed climbing shoes. We're really hoping that we see that go somewhere. I that yeah we're really hoping that that goes somewhere um no weekly accident for this week um the energy drink of this podcast um macy brought up um, miho nonaka um who's a japanese climber and thea wolf who's an american climber and i brought up alexandra miroslav also known as ola miroslav or um ola ruzinska um a polish climber polish speed climber and then i also brought up brooke rabbit um for my two favorite climbers so thank you guys again so much for listening and we hope to see you sometime next week Thanks, guys. Keep on climbing. Rock on.